Hello once again, Internet, and welcome to the next episode of the Made Man Tell No Tales podcast. Yes, I know we promised we'd get up back on a weekly schedule, but a lot of things happened such that we were delayed by a couple of uh, weeks. But, as we're long awesome as... like that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, as always, our email address still the same Made Men Tell No Tales, dots between the words, at gmail.com, and Made Men Tell No Tales at blogspot.com, our website, where you can find all our previous shows, links, and uh, all sorts of interesting and fun facts for you on the interweb. New and improved. New and improved. Actually, it's not really new and improved. It's the same thing. I do want to redesign that at some point, but I'm just... I can't work up the energy. Yeah. It's not that hard to do, but I yeah. just... Uh, we'll figure out a way. Yeah. Eventually. Eventually. When I uh, figure out what happens there. Anyway, one of the reasons we were delayed is that Adam went to Cuba. How's Cuba? It It's... Mixed. I've, I've been in Havana and the countryside now, and and there there's good and bad things to it. So, I hear there's po- there's like posters everywhere. Oh yes, and billboards very everywhere. Good. Very good. And many of these billboards are uh, a man who's uh, prominently featured in the movie we're going to be talking about tonight, which is from 2008, uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh and starring one Benicio del Toro. Uh, we're talking about Shay. And Adam can comment on the accuracy of the movie as he's been to Cuba, maybe. Yeah. Or at least in, he can comment in the sense that uh, he just geographical uh, things and features. Yeah. But anyway, um, okay, so the movie is a four-and-a-half-hour-long epic. It's divided into two parts, though. And would you say they function as separate movies? Almost. They are almost independent of each yeah, other. Yeah, there's really no linking tissue between the two movies, other than, of course, that you know, they're about the same guy. It's just two separate parts of his life. Although I do think they do certainly intentionally draw parallels at certain points during both movies to each other, yeah. particularly in the second one, which we'll get into. So there is sort of a way they're meant to correlate, but I almost feel like it's more like um, they're too... It, it almost feels like, I'm not gonna, it doesn't feel like a sequel necessarily, it more feels like two complementary movies as opposed to two parts of the same movie. It's like that trilogy, that guy, that Swedish director, Christoph Kieslowski, that, that trilogy he made where it was, the movies Red, White, and Blue. Oh, right, right. right where right, they right, all right. sort of, they connected at certain points, but they weren't really sequels to each other, but they shared the same universe. This feels the same sort of way. It's like two complementary movies. But we'll get started with the first one, which is the one that's probably more popular and a little more well-known. It's called, it's subtitled, it's Shea Part 1 and subtitled The Argentine. And this is, of course, the story that everybody knows and loves about Che Guevara, how he participated in the 1959 Cuban Revolution with uh, Fidel Castro and Cienfuegos and all that. And um, both parts of it are fairly realistic takes on what happened. And what I find sort of interesting about the movie is that it's not a traditional biopic in, in any sense, really. It doesn't sort of trace... Shay's development over time, it doesn't kind of uh, give you the way he, like, it doesn't actually go inside of his head a lot, really. You don't really see a lot of, like, the way he thinks other than about military strategy, basically, other than the one part where you do see that is in those scenes cut into the first part where he's talking in front of the UN. That's sort of where the ideology is most clearly expressed, but we'll get into that in a minute. But just in terms of pure filmmaking, I really do... I, I like this first part a lot. 
Yeah, it's it's very realistic style yeah. filming. It's um, he's using handheld cameras. Yeah, very yeah, low grain kind of. Yeah, uh, he's using digital handheld cameras. There's a very certain sort specific kind of camera he used. That's like a newly developed thing, and it works really well with adding this sort of. Uh, grittiness to the story, which in certain ways is a lot like a traditional war picture. Like, you do meet the characters as, you know, as they go in on the boat to Cuba, and you do sort of figure out... Although, one of the interesting things I found is the sort of disorienting effect that you have, and it does sort of place you in the the mindset of these people, at least as far as the physical conditions and as far as, like, the tactical concerns of what was going on. Um, even if you don't necessarily... You know, whatever you think about the ideology, it does kind of put you in the in the shoes of these guys as they're going through. And you know, of course, they have all you know the setbacks they had. And I mean, I'm not going to detail the plot really because it is so historically straightforward. So really, there's no need to. But the the way it's constructed is essentially like you they go forward. There's a battle scene. It goes into a slower part where they prepare and they make plans and they do all these things. And then, in the first one at least, it'll cut away to uh, another scene, which is a few years later, which is Shay giving his speech at the UN, his famous speech that he gave at the UN. But I like that, like, some might say that structure get, would get sort of repetitive, and to a degree it does. Uh, it's a two-hour and 15-minute movie, this first part, and the structure does get a little grinding as it goes on because you're thinking, okay, the next battle scene's going to be here, the next scene is going to be here. But I never really, I was never bored by it at all. Although, um, certainly, one of the, the issues I did have with it was that, well, it's not, it was not really so much an issue as a thing I found, was that it was very minimalist music. There was not a whole lot of music at all, which was kind of interesting for a war, like a war movie, as this is. Yeah, well, that, it kind of brings it back to the realism that it's looking for. It's looking yeah. for a gritty, realistic feel, which is kind of like the whole guerrilla movement that Chaikin yeah. inspired. Which is, like, that's kind of interesting. It's sort of like a, a war, like, they're making a war movie. Like, the way Soderbergh described it was, you know, Bruckheimer, but scruffier. Yeah. So, there is kind of this, like, they do do, like, these very good, like, kind of sweeping panoramas of, you know, the Cuban countryside and scenes like that. And the, the scene where they're, they're hiding out in the tobacco field as the... As the the guards are shooting at them. There's that sort of scenes like that, and they do have that kind of like impressive widescreen scope that you would expect. But the way they're rendered isn't like they don't have the big music swell and they don't have all this. It's it's very sort of quiet and subdued, which is the way these guys would have you know approached things. Yeah, definitely. So it's sort of the the, I guess the structural components of the movie and the filmmaking components of the movie sort of mirroring the the them- what thematically what it's about. Yeah. Um. um but, so, what did you think about, sort of, just in terms of, let's just go forward, let's talk about um, the action scenes, at least in the first part, what did you what did you think about them? Um, I thought they were well shot. I thought there was, the film angles that they used were actually really good for what they were trying to do, kind of the guerrilla fighting and stuff. It wasn't, like, some kind of gigantic war epic, kind of an omnipotent kind of yeah. camera that's everywhere. It's more kind of as if it's someone just who's tagging yeah, along. Yeah, it's also this perspectivist camera, which I found interesting, and especially the fact that 
Did you notice there was like there weren't very many like close ups on anyone? It always yeah. it was always the wide shot of like four or five guys standing around and yeah. one of them talking and they're yeah. talking to each other. Whenever there was a close shot, it stayed on the focus of Che. Was <laughs> yeah. And the interesting thing, like a lot of people, you would think this movie would, would be really hydrographic, and to a degree, it is. Like it certainly. Okay, well, here's an interesting part. Let's get into this. We'll kind of try and summarize this quickly. I, 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 the, the thing I feel like a lot of people accused, you know, uh, Soderbergh kind of glossing over certain parts of it, and you know that he's in agreement with Shay's ideology. I don't know that he necessarily is. Because you certainly see Shea express that ideology. Like, there's that scene where um, Castro makes, signs that contract with the yep. the two farmers, or the, the people who own the farmland, and they want to keep the land. And Shea goes, Well, why did you do that? We should collectivize all this, blah, blah, blah. And then Castro goes, Well, this is a practical concern, blah, 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 blah. And there's certainly. The way the idiot. Like, the way he. He certainly gives air to express it, but I think the way Soderbergh views Shay, at least in terms of this film, he views him as a revolutionary, and that's what he is, and that's the only thing he can be. And I don't think he views him as like a Marxist revolutionary necessarily. I think he just says, "It's a you know." There's that the tagline on the thing is a revolutionary life, and I think that's what he views him as. He views him as a man who was only ever comfortable you know, essentially starting revolution and, and spreading his, what he thought, you know, throughout the world. Yeah, and it's interesting to see how that kind of revolutionary spirit changes over time. That's what another thing I like about it is that it doesn't cast the Cuban revolution in this idealistic light. There's a scene at the very end of the movie where uh, a bunch of uh, the victorious kind of guerrilla fighters are driving this convertible up into Havana and then he's like, what are you doing? And then, yeah, Shay, Shay tells him to drive that back to Santa Clara and then start walking to yeah. Havana. Because that's just how, like, how hardline <sighs> he is about his ideology. Yep. Which, and I think that kind of shows you the way, like, it does it in a subtle way, but it's just sort of this interesting way that he sort of hi- highlights, you know, the, what's good about it and what's bad about yeah, it, the way and, he thinks. And it kind of shows that this kind of idealistic revolution that was supposed to help everybody is going to quickly be turned into really just kind of just another average revolution where you just throw another guy into power. Yeah, exactly. Sort of. So, but then you have the scenes where he's speaking at the UN, which sort of add that, and that's another way he kind of airs the ideology. But again, I don't know, it, Soderbergh never really lionizes that or demonizes it. He just says, like, it's very sort of, you know, almost, I, I hate to use this word, but cinema verite in that way, and that's like, just like, yes, this is what it is. Yeah, there's no real, there's nothing done with the filmmaking to try to either aggrandize it or cast it in a negative light. It's all shot in... Like, a like straightforward, objective s- style. Yeah, like, there's not, style. like, any sort of... Like, Even going as far as using low-grain black-and-white kind of making it look like archival footage just to make it seem, okay, this is what yeah, happened instead yeah. of... So that, and then, yeah, there's that the thing at the beginning where they show you the map of Cuba and where everything is. So And part of that's just to sort of geographically orient you to where they're going. Like when they say Santa Clara, well, where is yeah. Santa Clara? And that's, and that's actually, that's probably the best scene in the movie is the whole depiction of the Battle of Santa Clara. That's... Yeah, probably my favorite scene in the Argentine. So, um, as a movie, so um, what did you think about? We, this is kind of overarching into both movies, but what did you think, at least in the, specifically in the first one, about 
Benicio del Toro as Che Guevara. I like him as Che. He, I did, I like him too. He he kind of commands like he cert- he has a certain sort of like militant charisma that I think. Yeah, he had he had the, the gravity about him. That yeah, but he, he, he like he also but he wasn't like completely serious all the time. Like they they do show you like how he would teach the guys like folk songs and how he would yep. like he set up the school for them to read and write and all that. And so I think he gives a kind of full bodied performance to it. Whereas you certainly could go like one way and make him the complete ideologue, or you could go another way and you know make him the complete you know Christ figure or something like that. But it's it's not necessarily a complex performance, yeah. like because of the way the movie is. It's more about what he does than what he thinks. So it's not a lot of internal performance, but certainly in terms of external performance, in terms of the way he moves and the way he yeah, it, it keeps him human. himself. Yeah, and I think part of it is just that I feel like because this is in a, in Spanish language, it's Spanish language film. I think that kind of adds to that authenticity because I hate I don't really like that when movies like. They're a historical movie set somewhere else other than America or England or whatever. But and they, they change it to, to English. English. Yeah. And that's what Soderbergh said. He said, I didn't want yeah. to do that. He I didn't want to make it kind of a pulp movie. And that's an important distinction here. He didn't make it into a pulp movie that aggrandizes Jay into this no. kind of uh, militant hero. He yeah, which a, is what he is, you know, on the yeah. t-shirts of millions worldwide. Yeah, instead of, making him just, instead of making this just kind of another Jay tribute or Jay like t-shirt just to sell yeah. all over the place he tried to make something serious that seriously deals yeah. with his legacy yeah well uh, to a certain degree well I, because obviously the complaint was well why did you cut why don't you show in either of the movies why don't you show the part where he was the Cuban interior minister and that's like when people talk historically about Shay, that's the most controversial point yeah. because that's when he was running um La Cabana, that's when he was yep. doing all those things that... Yeah, the new economic policies. The, new, the economic and, policies that didn't work and all that. Yeah. So, uh, that's the point. But then then what Soderbergh's response was, was, I view Shea as a revolutionary. He wasn't starting a revolution at that point. And yep. that was uninteresting to me. And he says, yeah, I know it's convenient to say that, but... And that's the thing. I think that if you've included that, I think it sort of would have contradicted... The, at least the way it's performed throughout the rest of the movie. Yep. You almost them. need a separate movie to cover yeah, that. Yeah, you would need a separate movie to cover that. And I think in terms of, uh, just to like you say that, in terms of like how we're saying it sort of doesn't embrace his ideology, and it, it kind of doesn't explain his ideology even, really. No, like it, goes, it, it declares it, but it doesn't... Like, like he just says, like, we need to collectivize, you know, U.S. imperial. Like, he says these things... And not not as like buzzwords or catchphrases. Like it's not like uh, cheer, yay, U.S. imperialism, or like you know he said this, yay. But it's more just to say like he doesn't explain it because obviously he wouldn't like go into a lengthy explanation about what that means. Yeah. But if you want, I think just in terms of that, if you want to see where that ideology did come from, there is another movie you could watch, The Motorcycle Diaries. Yeah, that would be an excellent introduction to this. I yeah, think. I think if you, I think like that. Uh, that movie and these two movies would probably, like, if you watch that through, starting with The Motorcycle Diaries, then The Argentine, then Guerrilla, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, if you watch those all the way through, that would kind of give you the full sort of scope, because I think uh, The Motorcycle Diaries, which is a, a, for those of you who don't know, it's a road movie about Shay's early years and his travels across Latin America, which is where he got to be 
the like the ideology. It, it, he yeah, had. it really influenced his yeah. ideology, and yeah. it turned him into the communist that he became. Well, yeah, into the Marxist thinker that he was. So that uh, if you watch that movie, that show, shows you where the ideology comes from and how he forms it. In addition, I think it's it's a pretty good movie, but we're not talking about that right now. So okay, as a film on its own, how would you? score the Argentine. The, just the just I, part one of Shay. Part, part one. one I really like. I think it's well done. I think Zarberg took his time with it. I think he didn't try to polemicize, but he also didn't try to make it over like It's not just, overly it's not overly like cautious about that either. Like it yeah. does express like he does say Marx. He does say agricultural yeah. collectivization. But it's not like, oh these lofty ideals it's more just to say that's what yeah. this guy thought. It's, it's not opinions necessarily presented as strong as they would be, which is important for this. It turns it from, instead of just a regular J tribute, into an actual work that you can discuss about his yeah. life. Yeah, so out of ten, what would you give? Just the Argentine. Just the Argentine? I'm looking at 7.5 to 8. Okay, well, choose one. Uh, I'll go with eight, because I like the Argentine. I would also give the Argentine an eight out of ten. It's a good movie. I think it has a couple problems. I I felt like during certain action scenes, part of the problem was they had that narration from Shay over the action, and I didn't really like that, because it kind of distracted from what was going on in the action scene. It kind of threw that off to me. But other than a few little technical flaws like that, and at certain points the cinematography was really muddy, and I understand why they did that, but it can be sort of unpleasant, just aesthetically. But, um, (coughs) otherwise, a very good movie with good performances. Uh, You know, I don't know any other actors, because they are just Spanish-language actors, and I'm, you know, I should know these people, but all the performances are solid. Everyone does good work. There's lots of, there's even, you know, moments of humor, there's moments of lightness. It's not complete, straight-faced sort of war stuff. It's realism. Yeah. But it, it's, it's realism at its own, it's best. Yes. Okay, so let's move on to part two, which is subtitled Gorilla. Yeah. And is about when he went to Bolivia and his crazy adventures there. Yeah. So, okay, for those of you who don't know, after uh, he was Interior Minister of Cuba, Shay kind of went on a worldwide tour of revolutionary fervor, let us yeah. say. And uh, he first went to the Congo, where he tried to start a revolution. That kind of worked. That didn't work very well. And then he went to Bolivia, where that was his last stand, sort of. He tried to start a revolution in Bolivia. It didn't work, and he was killed by Bolivian officials. Supported by... Supported by the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as you begin Gorilla, it does does do the same thing to orient you with Bolivia that it did with Cuba. It says this is here, this is here, it says the same map. So, obviously, he's trying to sort of blend the two together, at least in terms of the way the the two mirror each other, and in that sense, structurally. Um, and then you start into the movie, and it actually doesn't even start with Shay, it starts with Castro's speech yeah. on, the, in a, on a TV. Uh, I believe it's actually Shay's family watching it, because Shay, you know, to get into the movie, obviously he can't be Shay, so he has to disguise yeah. himself. He disguises himself as a businessman, and he's done that, he goes there. Um, one of the... So... A lot of people really don't like the second part. They don't like Gorilla. And I actually, surprisingly, I actually liked Gorilla more than I liked the Argentine. Hmm. Okay, well, we'll discuss that in a second. And um, I'll tell you why in a minute, but first off, I just want to say, I found 
and a little more thematically interesting just because there's those scenes in Gorilla which aren't in the Argentine because in the Argentine, you're always on the side, basically, of the Cuban revolutionaries. Like, you believe that, even though they actually don't even show you Batista in, uh, in the no, Argentine. They show you his, like, the guy, the Santa Clara Police Department and things like that, but they never actually show you, like, the Cuban leadership of the time. But you're always sort of on the side of the revolutionaries. Like, you never really question them. You say, okay... I mean, no one can really side with Batista here. Yeah. He's, it's a dictator. But then again, I mean, obviously people can't side with Fidel either. Yeah, so. So, but certainly you throughout Shea, you, throughout the Argentine, you're on the side of the revolutionaries. And the thing I find interesting about the guerrilla is that even though you're always with Shea, and I think, you know, Shea's obviously meant to be the hero, but... Even though you always were shade, the the thing I found interesting about uh, did you remember that scene in Gorilla where Castro's having the party? Yeah, yeah and, which I, I think is kind of interesting that he include that Soderbergh included that scene because that kind of points to that thing people always say about Castro, which is well, he's just as corrupt as anybody else. Yeah, and, that the end of um, the Argentine and the beginning of Gorilla really. Highlights that. It, yeah. It's not... Because you you see this odd thing where Shay thinks one way and Castro does the other thing. Yeah. Because Shay's so militantly Marxist that he doesn't want them driving the car yeah. into Havana, whereas Castro's having this big party at the start of Gorilla. Yeah. So it's kind of this interesting thing that happens there. Um, but anyways, uh, he gets to Bolivia and, you know, does attempts to do the same thing. And the thing is, it's kind of interesting the way he highlights, like, where there are turning points in both revolutions where things could have gone one way or the other, and in Cuba it went the right way basically every time. But in Bolivia, things just keep going wrong, things keep screwing up, their radios don't work, they can't yeah. get supplies. The The thing was, with Cuba, they had the support of the people. In Bolivia, they don't. And there's yeah. that scene where they tried to do the same thing with the farmers in Bolivia, but because Castro isn't there, because Castro, who is less hardline than Shay isn't there. Yeah, and Shea is a moderator. The yeah, Shay is the only one leading them in Bolivia. He's completely against any sort of, like, non-collectivized agriculture. Yep. So he says, well, you join with us, and then they say, well, can we keep up farm? He's like, no, you have yeah. to collectivize it. Yeah, well, the thing is, uh, that's kind of the first strike against Shay right there, because he doesn't understand the local culture. Just yeah. The kind just of tradition of farming and, like, your own lands that is so inherent in kind of their culture that he just yeah. didn't understand that at all. And he came in and tried to supplant that, and people just naturally were going to revolt to it. Yeah, and they don't collaborate with him. They start collaborating with the authorities. There's that character of the farmer who initially yeah. they buy supplies from, but then it can't, goes wrong. They try. They move around. They do score a couple of victories. They do capture some yep. Bolivian-like officials. They do do some things. But then, there, of course, there's that scene where they go to the town and they can't pay for anything. So what do they do? They end up stealing from the people. That yep. just which I, they said they weren't going to do, do in but, Cuba. And but before. then it doesn't work for them. So it just sort of shows you where one thing goes right and one thing goes wrong, and a lot of it is up to just snap decisions or it's up to in some cases just fate yeah and in many times you need to really understand first off why you're doing the revolution and second off who you're doing the revolution for what? and in, in Bolivia it's interesting because Che was normally very who you'd say would be acute with these kind of things he doesn't perceive it as well in Bolivia no he doesn't 
and that's the thing. I think that's sort of what what um, what Soderbergh is trying to show is that while his ideology allowed him to allowed them to win in Cuba, that same ideology completely basically that is one of the problems in Bolivia. Is that that's why it didn't work. Yep. So um, I'm gonna go way back for a second. Um, just a uh, comment earlier now that I remembered it. Um, kind of um, the scene where you said um, at the final scene of the Argentine where Che is um, telling the car- people in the car to turn back and uh, return it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that really expresses kind of militant Marxism because yes, it is. I, well, I don't know. The thing is, it doesn't seem like militant Marxism because if it was militant Marxism, it would say it's going towards the people, it's fine. Whereas I think well, Che was doing it out of more of a sense of fairness, almost. Yeah, but isn't that well? Let's not get into this. Isn't the communist political podcast? But no, no. But no, I'm just well. But isn't it isn't it true to say that those people shouldn't have that car because not everybody did. Everybody else was walking or driving jeeps. Yeah. Yeah, that too. So yeah, but anyway, um, but uh, anyway. almost a combination of both, which is interesting. Yeah, but anyway, as we move forward in, uh, in the gorilla one, and then of course Shay gets captured after uh, what I thought was probably one of the, the best action scenes in either film. Yeah, um, Shay gets captured, and of course he's shot by a Bolivian official, and that's how the movie ends. There's really nothing after that. There's and it just it, and I think that's the thing he. The way Soderbergh views it is this: these are the stories of these two evolutions. One worked, one didn't, and that's all I want to show. I don't want to pad it with anything else. And that I respect that because it would have been, as you say, easy to sort of be hagiographic about it, or it would be easy to, you know, take the opportunity to take him down a peg too, and make him kind of a villain. But no, he just says this is what it is, and there you go. Yeah, which okay. is important because otherwise yeah. it would just be another kind of. Yeah, I think. The Bolivian one is actually a little... It's more and less cinema verite than the first one. It's more because you have those constant things that remind you what, how far along it is in the revolution. It sounds like day, 330 yep. or whatever. Yep. But it's also less because the, there's a little more music. There's a little more little more static camera. There's a yeah, little a bit less more of a handheld, yeah. handheld, handheld shakiness. Which I thought, uh, in a way, sort of improved it just because... No, see, that's, okay. that's where okay. I'm going to... I'm going to have to kind of cut in here because while I did think it improved it a bit, I think that some of the cinematography was improved as well, some of the camera work was improved as well as better music cues, things like this. The problem I found was, uh, I don't know, the pace still felt like it was going slower. Even though it... Well, it was going slower. I'm not going to deny that. And it certainly... It, it had that same fits and starts movement as yeah. the Argentine did. Yeah, I don't know. Well, the thing with the Argentine is though, it's it's paced enough so that the fits and starts they kind of smooth into each well, other. Almost possibly because you have those UN scenes in there, which kind of add another element to it. You don't have that in yeah the, in Gorilla, so it's yeah, and it ends up almost being like a study of just. Him gradually decaying as the revolution. Yeah, case, because he starts his asthma starts getting worse. He gets uh, he gets bitten by mosquitoes constantly. Yeah, and and in a sense, it's realistic. It works, but I don't know. I just wanted to see something that didn't make it because you, as the viewer, almost end up suffering in a sense. It's sort of taking you with them through that. Yeah. You end up and, and which is good because it engrosses you in the film, but you end up being 
tired you by You engrossed in unpleasantness. Yeah. I can certainly see that, but I don't know. I, I, I found, personally, that the action scenes were a little better in well, Gorilla. Yeah. Just because they didn't have that narration over them, so there wasn't any distraction. Yeah, I, I found the them action, more exciting. I found the action scenes were better. When there were the action scenes in there, and I found the beginning with Castro and him sneaking into the country, and the ending where he was confronted by the Bolivian officials and killed, yeah. I thought they were some of the best, well, like, they were the, some of the best scenes of the entire thing. thing. Yeah. I like that, too. And the other thing I liked about Gorilla more is that, as I mentioned previously, you never saw the Batista in... Um, in the Argentine, in Gorilla, you do see the Bolivian officials like trying to plot how to how to root Shay out, essentially. Yep. And I find that interesting because you get like Shay how he's planning to move forward, and then you see how the Bolivians are countering him, and then it's sort of I like that kind of cat and mouse approach they had to it. Yep. Again, <coughs> I for me the second part would have been better. It would have been, in fact, it would have been a very well done movie on its own. I would have thought. Except for, I don't know, just some... I wish they didn't make the pace so slow as to make you kind of suffer along with it. Yeah, I, I certainly see where you're coming from with that. Like, I, I understand your point. But I don't know, I found it to be a very engrossing experience. Like, it had me wrapped up in it. it I I was along for the ride more than I was with the Argentine. Which is not to say I didn't like the Argentine, I did. But I just found it a little more engrossing. I found that... I actually kind of liked the fact that it was, like, the characters, I felt, got dirtier, essentially. Like, both, yeah. both metaphorically oh, and, and and I like that, too, but, I don't know, just some... And I, fa- I found um, Del Toro's performance a little more layered in the second one, just because he was failing so yeah, constantly. Yeah, he, he was that there was, really th- there was sort of, like, you can see the seed of doubt in him. Like, yeah. uh, when this guy who's so hardline and so convinced yep. in his ideology, um, there's seed of doubt starts to grow in his mind, essentially. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the scenes that are well done in Gorilla are the best. But I think it's what comes in between. So you're saying the peaks are the highest, but the problem is the valleys are too yeah. long. And yes, definitely. So, uh, ideologically, uh, not as as good. I can certainly understand that, but I really like that the scene where where Shay does like where they do kill him because they actually show you the the thing from Shay's perspective when he dies. Yep. that was a very interesting shot. I felt. Um, just in terms of what the music is, it's sort of your standard kind of swells and things. Although, I did like that there were sort of Latin American uh, elements in yeah. into it, the, yeah. uh, the percussion. Again, the leaning towards that realism. Yeah. Um, so, okay, as a movie on its own, what would you give Gorilla? I'd give it a seven, but a potential to be even higher than the first, but just Certain the, decisions. the transitions between... The good scenes were just too long and drawn out for me. Okay. I actually would give Gorilla an 8.5 out of 10. I feel like it it improves on uh, the Argentine. I think the action scenes are better. I think the performances are a little more layered. I think it certainly doesn't have the same sort of sweep as the Argentine does. And the Argentine kind of is uplifting because, you you know, they do win at the end. Whereas maybe it kind of makes you feel... Like not it does make you feel sort of like uh, that sucks, but I don't know. It does. Ha- it just it kept me wrapped up, and I I liked the the way that it progressed. Okay, so we've given scores to both parts. Now, as a film as a whole, 
what would you give Shay Steven Soderbergh's four mm. and a half hour epic? By the way, I watched this in two separate sittings. I'm not sitting <coughs> for four and a half hours and watching it. Well, I don't know. Maybe that was part of my because I watched. Did you that, watch it? I I watched at least part of it. I remember. Like back to back. Okay, see, I I didn't. I watched it, and then I think the next day I watched Gorilla. So actually, no. You know what? I did watch Gorilla the next day. Okay, so we had the same so. experience. All right. So, but what would you give as a whole, Shay? What would you give it as a whole? I don't know time? whether to take my average or to rate something. Different. Well, you can't. Okay, we're only doing by half point increments. So yeah. Well, it, it, oh, it would yeah. be a half point increment. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say I'll give it overall. I will give it. Let's. Okay, overall, 8.5 out of 10. I feel <coughs> like the certain minute flaws that I found in the Argentine, and there were flaws in Gorilla as well, like, as I say, I do agree with Adam at a certain point it did become a slog, but um, I didn't feel it was extreme as, as extreme as he did. Um, so I would give overall, I'll give it an 8.5. I'm going to take the average of it and give it a 7.5. So 7.5 and 8.5, okay. Now, what if you combine it with the Motorcycle Diaries and had to watch a six-hour movie about Shay? Um, Would you want to kill yourself? Throw, with throw in a half-hour feature featuring him in, like, the mystery of the interior. But wouldn't you need another movie about him in the Congo, too? Throw in another... So another two-hour movie about him in the Congo. Yeah, yeah. So what are, you, what are we up to here? Like, eight-and-a-half-hour eight yeah. film. You know what? I'd, I'd watch it. I would watch I would, it once. I wouldn't in a watch theater. it. I wouldn't watch it back to back. No, I watch it back to back once in a theater, oh, just so to say I did. Obviously, you're insane. I'd, I'd watch it over a course of a couple of nights. Okay, so, but okay, let's just say you, let's say you combine it with the motorcycle diaries. What do you give it then? Just I, I'd give it an eight because I like the motorcycle diaries. I like so. the motorcycle diaries too. I'd probably still stick with eight point five though. Okay, let's so uh, okay so to wrap up, uh, next week. We're doing, uh, I think we sort of theme we're going to move with for the next couple of shows. The theme is revolution. And and so we start with Shay. We're going to move from uh, Cuba and Latin America and all that. We're going to move to uh, the Emerald Isles for the next one. And we're going to talk about uh, Ken Loach's movie, which stars uh, Cillian Murphy. And it's about the Irish uh, War of Independence and the later Irish Civil War. It's called The Wind That Shakes the Barley. Good stuff. People have paperboy hats constantly. It's, it's yeah. quite interesting. Anyways, um, as always, you can email us, maybe and tell the tales, dots between the words, at gmail.com, maybe and tell the tales at boxspot.com for links and everything. We'll have links about Shay, not links to where to buy his t shirt because I hate when people do that. Yeah. Way to corrupt his legacy, capitalism. Anyways, let's go to. Let's get free promotional material. Shaystore.com. Don't uh, go there. It's a bad place. Uh, well, Any- I. I I, I'm repulsed by communism, and even I find that gross. Yes, I mean. it's a gross corruption of... Anyways, um, this is not a podcast of a political theory. Anyways, um, as a, anyways, for... And, oh, and thank you to Ken McCoy for the use of his music as the opening and ending theme. Uh, yes, as always, then, I am Carter Vance. And I am Madam Barrett. And we will catch you next time on the Made Men Tell the Tales podcast. Goodbye, Internet. Viva la revolution. Really? Yes. Really? You say it too. No. Fine.